Hello and welcome to the Bridge City Church podcast. If you would like to get connected, you can find us on Facebook at Bridge City Church or come along to our Sunday service at 10am. We'd love to have a coffee and a chat. We hope you enjoy this week's message brought to you by Pastor Robin. See you at church. Let's come around the word now and let's really enter into what God wants to speak to each and every one of us today. Welcome to those online this morning tuning in. Um, My sermon this morning is titled, What's So Good About Good Friday? So let's read from Luke 23, from verse 26. Now as they led him away, they laid hold of a certain man, Simon, a Cyrenian, who was coming from the country. And on him they laid the cross that he might bear it after Jesus. And a great multitude of the people followed him, and women who also mourned and lamented him. But Jesus turned to them and said, turning to them, said, Daughters of Jerusalem, do not weep for me, but weep for yourselves and for your children. For indeed the days are coming in which they will say, Blessed are the barren wombs that never bore, and breasts which never nursed. Then they will begin to say to the mountains, fall on us, and to the hills, cover us. For if they do these things in the green wood, what will be done in the dry? There were also two other criminals led with him to be put to death. And when they had come to the place called Calvary, there they crucified him and the criminals, one on the right hand and the other on the left. Then Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they do. And they divided his garments and cast lots, and the people stood looking on. But even the rulers with them sneered, saying, He saved others. Let him save himself if he is the Christ, the chosen of God. The soldiers also mocked him, coming and offering him sour wine, and saying, If you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. And an inscription Also was written over him in letters of Greek, Latin and Hebrew. This is the king of the Jews. Then one of the criminals who were hanging, who were hanged, blasphemed him saying, If you are the Christ, save yourself and us. But the other, answering, rebuked him saying, Do you not even fear God, seeing that you are under the same condemnation? And we indeed justly, for we receive the due reward of our deeds. But this man has done nothing wrong. Then he said to Jesus, Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus said to him, Assuredly, I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise. Now it was about the sixth hour and there was darkness over all the earth until the ninth hour. Then the sun darkened, and the veil of the temple was torn in two. And when Jesus had cried out with a loud voice, he said, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. Having said this, he breathed his last. So when the centurion saw what had happened, he glorified God, saying, Certainly this was a righteous man. And the whole crowd who came together to that site, seeing what had been done, beat their breasts and returned. But all his acquaintances and the women who followed him from Galilee 
stood at a distance watching these things. Heavenly Father, we come before you on this Good Friday, this day where we acknowledge and celebrate all that you have done for us through your Son, Jesus Christ. Lord, I pray this morning for everyone that hears my voice, that they wouldn't hear me, they'd hear you speaking through me, Lord God. But Father, help me to bring revelation that you've shown me to my brothers and sisters in this house and online. Help me, Father God, to unpack the things that you're showing me and how you have shown me, Lord God, through your truth that this really is Good Friday. Father, that you would make my tongue as the pen of a skillful writer. And I give you all the praise and all the honour and all the glory because it's all you in Jesus' name. Everyone said, Amen. Amen. You know, I haven't been a Christian all my life. I was um, not brought up in a Christian home. Um, and so I didn't come to faith in Christ until I was much, much older. And even when we had celebrating, we were celebrating Easter pre-understanding pre, uh, who Jesus was, I used to always feel really sad on Good Friday because I couldn't understand why people said it's Good Friday when, you know, there was a God consciousness in me that said, how can it be good when Jesus died? How can it be good when all the hopes of mankind were dashed um, with the crucifixion of Christ? How can that be a good thing? And, um, and yet, then I came to faith in Jesus. Jesus reached down and plucked me out of a deep, dark depression well and started to begin a work in my heart of who he was and who God was and God's plan for mankind and the redemption that he had purposed from the beginning of time for all of us to know why it was going to happen, why Jesus had to die. And so over the years, my understandings begun to grow about just why it is such a good thing. And good is a word that doesn't explain it in any any depth of uh, beautiful words of description because it's, it's an eternal Good Friday. It's an eternal truth. It's an eternal thankfulness that we need to have. And um, to know that God has saved those of us who are now believers and yet God is still at work to reach out to those who are not yet believers is the work of redemption that will go through till the end of time. And that's, um, and that's what Easter is all about. Um, and then understanding that it's not by works. It's grace. It's the grace of God. God's righteousness at Christ's expense, that he paid the price for us, for all that was going to go on. He paid the price for everything we've ever done, everything we ever will do that is against God. And, um, and I'm reminded of the scripture of Ephesians 2, verses 8 to 10. By grace you've been saved through faith, and that not of yourself. It's a gift of God. Um, not of works, so that we don't boast in anything. We only boast in the cross of Christ and that new song we learnt today. Let, let I never boast in anything except the cross of Christ, because it's all about him. 
So let me come back to the scriptures that I read out this morning. And I really like to um, delve into the scriptures whenever I bring the word. But specifically today, I want to look at um, the thieves, the two thieves, the two attitudes, the two states of heart. um, And just reflect on where we may have been and where some of us still are or people that we know and love where they are at. And of those two thieves, one said, if you're the Christ, save yourself and us. And and in those last moments when he hung on that cross, that that thief, he was a mocker, he blasphemed and he doubted who Jesus was. And only God knows what had happened to this man. Only God knows what had made him so hard of heart. Perhaps he'd had a dreadful life. Perhaps he'd been knocked around, been abused, been wounded, suffered at the hands of others. Only God knew what was about his life. But he was about to die and he wouldn't believe and receive Jesus. He was a mocker. So there's so many shades of grey in the people's lives that we see around us in ours as well. But there is a black and a white that Jesus came to save all men, all women ever born whoever will be born, that's undeniable and it's indisputable. The shades of grey about how we come through to faith in Jesus, the shades of grey that show us that God's not finished with any of us and no one is too far from his reach as well. Verse 40 says, But the other answering rebuked him saying do you not even fear God seeing you're under the same condemnation and we justly for we're receiving the due reward of our deeds but this man has done nothing wrong and this man was killed for crimes he'd committed but his heart was open he was going to die this is thief number two on the cross he was about to die But he believed in Jesus. He understood Jesus' purity. He understood his own sinfulness. He understood that he was dying because he'd done the wrong thing. And yet he reached out to Jesus at the time. And and he said, he took responsibility for what he'd done. And he asked Jesus to remember him when he came into his kingdom. And Jesus answered him in verse 43 and said, Assuredly, I say to you today, you will be with me in paradise. And... Jesus gave him that assurance that at his last breath he would be with him in paradise. What an incredible, incredible truth that is for every one of us. The different effects that the cross has on on all of us. One was hardened to the very last and the other one softened at the last minute, snatched like a brand out of the fire, snatched from a life in hell, in all eternity in hell but brought through into eternal life with God, Father God. (laughs) Brought through into that place of eternal redemption, which is incredible. And none of us knows how long we've got. None of us knows what our life is going to be tomorrow. We can plan for our life to, to die a very old age or go when Christ comes back in the rapture and takes us all. But we've got to live each day knowing that it, it could possibly be the last day we live. And that's not a negative thing. It's living in preparation and living in the will of God and living doing the things that God has for us and living being instruments of peace in this world that he's placed us in and 
You know, it's not enough to say I'm having too much fun now. I'll sort out my religious bit when I get, you know, when I get things sorted out. Everyone is a sinner for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Every one of us is a sinner and everyone is saved by grace when we receive Jesus as Saviour and Lord. And it's not enough to say, oh, when I get my act together, I'll, I'll start to go to church and I'll start to do those things. No, come to church. Come to Jesus. Come to Jesus. I didn't get saved in a church. I got saved in my living room at Winky, believe it or not, a place outside of the Berry Winery. And uh, I wasn't in a church. I got on my knees and said, God, if you're real and if you're there, take me. I'm yours. I can't do anything. But if you can do something with me, do it. I'm no good to anyone. I might as well be dead. And God in his mercy reached down from on high and he grabbed hold of me and he began that work from the inside out because I had lost all hope. I had lost all hope in anything. I had lost confidence in myself. But there was an inkling of faith, a seed, a mustard seed of faith that God had deposited in my heart saying, reach out. And I reached out. And for all of us, don't wait to get yourself together. Don't wait to get your life together to get into Christ. Allow him to do the work that needs to be done in your life. Come to Jesus now. Reach out to Jesus now. Reach out and say, God, take me a sinner. Take me and do something with me because I'm all out. (laughs) And let him work in you the perfect and absolute divine plan he has for each one of us and he will you see true repentance is never too late and that second thief on the cross showed us that in that very last those very last breaths that he had it wasn't too late remember me lord when you come into your kingdom and we can all do that and we're living not under law but under his incredible grace Number two made that profession of faith. Well, let's call him number two. Should we call him Jaime? Is that a good name for thief? Number two, Jaime. All right. Jaime made this profession of faith before this this wonder of resurrection that Jesus was going to go through. And in him, that life was given through Christ Jesus. In him was that assurance that, yes, you will be with me in paradise. But the other one didn't. And Jesus, what can we say about Jesus? In the greatest struggle that he underwent, his agony, both physically and mentally and spiritually, he had mercy on this poor repentant thief, Jaime. Imagine the King of Kings taking on himself the dying confession and repentance of a thief, number two, and knowing that the timing was in God and that he'd be recorded for all all time, knowing that as Jesus' last physical act, he forgave and had mercy. What an incredible act of love. He wasn't thinking of himself. He wasn't thinking of the the crown of thorns on his head. He wasn't thinking of the wounds in in his wrists or in his feet. He wasn't thinking of the nakedness that he hung on that cross. And he wasn't thinking of the shame or the disgrace or the mocking from the crowd. He was thinking, Father, what would I do? And yet the Father had turned his 
face from him because he could not look upon him at that moment because he'd taken upon himself all the sin of the world. Wow. You see, Jesus died to open up the kingdom of heaven to everyone. Everyone, without exception. And this single instance of scripture teaches us not to give up until our last breath, not to despair of anyone that we love that's not in Christ or is away from Christ. Not to despair knowing that right up to that last breath, God can reach down on high and touch that life and bring them to themselves, to restore them to themselves. And don't harden our hearts to what God is wanting to do because we can't see the result of the prayers that we're praying. Believe God, trust God, knowing that God is good and God has a plan and God is going to bring to pass every good and perfect thing he has for every life. And sure, it might include some pain. It might include some suffering. It might include tragedy. And yet at the end of all time, when we stand before the Lord, when we go to be with him, God will stand before us and wipe every tear from every eye and we will understand in the light of eternity why these things have happened. And in the meantime, we do our best and we get on with what God has given us to do. Now is the day of salvation. Now is the moment we have and now is the time that we know that we can choose Jesus and walk in that fullness Father, forgive them, he said in verse 39, for they do not know what they do. But the state of Jesus' heart, you think about that. His heart wasn't for himself. It was for mankind. I remember an old song we used to sing at the very AOG. Amazing love, oh what sacrifice. The Son of God given for me, my debt he pays and my death he dies, that I might live. John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world but that the world through him, through Jesus might be saved. He who believes in him is not condemned, but he who does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. Amazing. Amazing love. Amazing God. Good Friday. Why good? Because God loves everyone. And he displayed that love through sending his son to die on the cross so that none should perish. It's good because through the death of Jesus, we have eternal life. Beginning from the moment we say yes to him, we have eternal life whether we are Christians or not. But we get to choose whether we spend it with God or we go to hell. Good Friday, because Jesus paid the price for us. Isaiah 53, 4-5. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we esteemed him stricken, 
smitten by God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him and by his stripes we are healed. You see, as Christians we are no better than anyone else. No one else. We're just forgiven and we can walk freely. On Good Friday, Freedom Friday, in many respects, freedom from masks and QR codes, but freedom because Jesus has paid the price for us. It's good because for we who believe in him, death's not the end. We've passed from death to life. We've passed from darkness to light. And it's good because Jesus completed absolutely to the very last breath all he had come to do. He didn't balk, he didn't flinch, he didn't turn away, he didn't give up, he didn't say it's too hard, he didn't say they don't deserve it. He did it. Luke 9, now it came to pass when the time had come for him to be received up, he steadfastly set his face to go to Jerusalem and sent messengers before his face. And as they went, they entered a village of the Samaritans to prepare, prepare for him. But they did not receive him because his face was set for the journey to Jerusalem. He did not give up. It's good to see that. It's good to know that. And how much should that encourage us? Keep going. One more day. One more day. One more praise. One more prayer. One more exalted effort to do the things he's calling us to do. It's Good Friday because he came to die so that we don't have to. It's Good Friday because his sole purpose was to save us. Isn't that amazing? Us. I know what a sinner I was. (laughs) And yet he died for me and for you and for you. He paid the price. It's good because we can know that as he hung on that cross, he prayed to his father with what he was going through. And we know that when we're going through trials and sufferings, we can reach out with the same faith and pray to the father, knowing that God will deliver us and show us the way with what we need to do. It's good. It's Good Friday. We can walk in freedom and newness of life. (laughs) If anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things have passed away because all things have become brand new. He's good. And Good Friday is good because the curtain was torn from top to bottom in the temple, which meant that we can come boldly to the throne of God with our prayers and our praise and our supplications. Jesus did that. That's why it's good. And you know what? It's good because Resurrection Sunday is coming. Three days in the grave. Gives me goosebumps. Three days in the grave. And he rose from the dead. 
Resurrection Sunday is coming. The same for us. We might suffer death and yet in him we have life. We have the power of his Holy Spirit to lift us up, to encourage us, to direct us, to correct us. That we may feel that we're in a death situation or a hopeless situation but by the power of his spirit. You see, if he didn't die, he would not have left us with his spirit. It said it was important that he would go because if he went, he would leave us with another comforter. John 14, I think that is. So that Jesus died, it was good because he left us with his Holy Spirit that all would reach out and know and that fullness of Christ in us. Amazing. Resurrection Sunday. Where, O death, is your victory? 1 Corinthians 15, 55. Where, O death, is your sting? Easter Sunday is coming. Unreal. Unreal. It's good because he was the living word. The word became flesh and dwelt amongst us. And we beheld his glory. The glory is the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. And that living word, he's left us with his word. It's supernatural in origin. It's eternal in duration. It's inexpressible in value, infinite in scope, regenerative in power. Thank you, Jesus. Infallible in authority. Universal in interest, personal, in application. It's for all of us. Entirely breathed and inspired by God the Father. Outstanding. It's Good Friday because we have his word and we can trust him with every aspect of our lives. And he's done this for you. And he's done it for me and for everyone else in the whole wide world. Amazing. That's what's so good about Good Friday. Our debt's been cancelled, the price is paid, and we have life eternal with God the Father. Thank you, Jesus. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you today in this house that your word is truth. We declare your word to be truth. We declare your word to be life. And we thank you on this Good Friday 2022 that we can freely come and worship you and sit at your feet and learn from you. And today, Father God, I thank you that, Lord, we get a choice as to what attitude we have, whether we choose to be as thief number one who rebuke, and mock and reject, or as thief number two who said, Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Father God, I thank you that you've given us a free will. I thank you, Father God, that we get to choose. And Lord God, I pray for anyone who does not know Jesus as Saviour and Lord in this house and online today. Lord God, I pray that each one that has a question in their heart and and an ache in their soul, that they would reach out and say, Lord Jesus, you died for me. Lord Jesus, I want to be your child. I want you to be my saviour. Lord Jesus, take my life now. I give my life to you now. 
forgive me my sins. I repent of my sins and I ask you to be my Lord and my King. And I pray, Father God, for anyone who has prayed that prayer for the first time today, that they would, Lord, just receive from you that amazing confirmation that this day you have received them and they have received you, Lord God. And Father, I pray that, Lord, we would have grateful hearts and we would have thankful hearts, Lord God, that we would understand that no matter what we're walking through, Lord God, it's just part of the whole plan of eternity. And Lord, I pray that you would help us to adjust to do the things that you require of us in the days that we're living in, that we would say it's good because God has done this. It's good because Jesus says. It's good because he's leading me. It's good because he is with me. He has left his Holy Spirit with me and be grateful for those things this day. Knowing that Resurrection Sunday is coming and that resurrection of death to life can happen in our hearts and our lives and those that we love and are praying for because of what you have done for us, Lord Jesus. We commit ourselves into your hands this day. We commit ourselves into the hands of the one who made us, who holds us, who keeps us, who leads us and guides us. And we give thanks today for this incredible sacrifice of your son, Father God, that Lord Jesus, what you've done for us, we are beyond words. But we say thank you. And we pray this in the name that is above every name. The name of Jesus. Amen. And amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message. If you enjoyed today's podcast, make sure you subscribe to stay up to date with all our latest sermons. If you would like to get connected, you can find us on Facebook at Bridge City Church or come along to our Sunday service at 10am.